Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with the great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what they did, uh, that is what their ancestors did, the false prophets. Here ends our gospel lesson. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When I left home for college and beyond, I was uh, newly burdened with the task of telling people where I am from. I say newly burdened because I had spent most of my time and travels up to that point within a few hours drive of our house. And people generally had an idea already formed about where I'd come from whether for good and for bad. I went to college farther away, though, so people did not really understand what my home area was like. I scrambled for descriptions and relative locators. Many of my new classmates would describe where they are from by their proximity to Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit, Cleveland, or other recognized urban centers. Being farther out, Trying to describe my hometown as being six hours northwest of Chicago or three hours southeast of Minneapolis was not really helpful. I tried laughably to describe my hometown by its proximity to major geographical landmarks like the Mississippi River, 30 minutes away, or the state border of Iowa and Minnesota, 15 minutes north. I have a college friend who still makes fun of me for that. Rightfully so, since nobody else talked that way. Well, a few years later, when I moved to Wyoming, I settled on a new descriptor that would hopefully connect in a different way. I began describing my hometown as the fictional hometown of Lake Wobegon, 
Anybody remember Lake Wobegon from Garrison Keillor's long time and long running show, Prairie Home Companion? Since I could not say I grew up an hour outside of New York or describe my origins by any other well-known areas, I found myself throwing out this well-known, quirky, nationally known, fictional community to lift up as a metaphor of what it was like growing up in Decorah, Iowa. It is my off-the-cuff opinion that those from Decorah seek to exemplify elements of Lake Wobegon, of the Lake Wobegon mindset, whether they choose to or not. Is that, Jen, can you confirm that? Yeah, all right. <laughs> now, Garrison Keillor would always describe his stories centered in this community, saying, that's the news from my hometown, like Wobegon, Minnesota where all the women are strong, all the men are good-looking, and all the children are above average. Then he would give absurdly nuanced stories of Midwestern characters navigating life situations, whether they be in church, in school, married life, or in the various businesses around town. The stories lifted up the wisdom, comfort, and security that the community provided for its residents. I remember one story about a farm auction where a man opening a country-themed restaurant in the city came to bid on farm items to include as part of the restaurant's decor. The man thought a piece, that a piece of equipment would fit and look brilliantly in the new space. One of the residents, drawing upon his higher level of Lake Wobegon, uh, Lake Wobegon wisdom of agriculture, pointed out that the piece of equipment in question was a manure spreader. <laughs> he said, no matter how much slack you put on that thing, on one day, on a warm day, people are really going to know what it was used for. <laughs> Another vignette from Lake Wobegon focuses on Pastor Ingfist, Lake Wobegon's Lutheran pastor, in his annual Winter Pastors Conference in Orlando, Florida. Pastor Ingvist and his, life, uh, and his wife looked forward to this trip every year as a week's reprieve from the hard Minnesota winter. On this particular year, though, the council president looked at the budget how much the church and saw how much the church was behind. Instead of calling upon members to make sacrifices in their own lives to help right the ship by giving more to the church, the, president, the council president decided that the best way for the church to deal with the problem was for the pastor to make 100% of the sacrifice for the rest of the congregation by canceling his trip for professional rest and renewal in the warmth of the Florida sun. Stories of a small community that held wisdom and woe side by side, trying to protect its own while sometimes subconsciously suppressing others. <clears throat> well, I have to say that using Lake Wobegon as a popular cultural reference point to describe where I am from worked quite a bit better than trying to talk about my proximity to rivers or political markers. Friends from New York, Oregon, Wyoming, Ohio, Maryland, 
and other places had heard of a few of these stories on the popular radio series. And were able to get a sense of the cultural peculiarities and subtleties in my non-fictional hometown. After all, I suppose people ask where somebody is from, when people ask where somebody is from, we are really interested in more than just a place on the map. We are interested in whether they grew up around mountains and grizzly bears, beaches and sunshine, snow and skiing. We are looking for invitations into what interests, opportunities, and experiences may have formed them as a person. And we ask this as an easy way to start down that road by just hearing where they are from. For some, it is much easier to do by throwing out big, well-known place names. Others, like those of us from Montana, remain kind of a mystery or an enigma to most of America because our experiences are so different, they're difficult, they are difficult to be understood by those far away. As one from the Midwest, I often feel like our experiences there, our interests, our hobbies, our joys, jobs, geography, and lifestyles can often look a bit more plain, unprotected, secure to those from the outside who live with more diversity and difference. This is understandable, I guess, but can make it hard to relate to those outside the region at times. Hence me pulling a fictional town as a metaphor. I share this in relation to today's passage from Luke, because I feel that Jesus is calling us to see that the safety, structure, and protections that we build into the world around us are of only fleeting worth, and their opposite of only fleeting harm. Even in communities that are known for all their children being above average, Jesus pronounces woes to communities that seem far more cursed in the eyes of the world. He pronounces blessings. Beginning with the woes, opposite of how these are presented in our passage, Jesus said, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. To translate this into my experience, perhaps Jesus is saying, Woe to you who grew up in the comforts of Lake Wobegon. To many of us who grew up in the, <clears throat> uh, in the safety, security, freedom, and wealth of the United States of America, perhaps Jesus is saying, Woe to you who grew up American. Though I do not presume to say that we all grew up in comfort, safety, and security. Definitely, we all come from different places. Many of us have many more, and many more Americans have grown up this way than citizens of some other nations. Perhaps. I'm not saying with any certainty, only that when Jesus says, woe to you, we should take him just as seriously 
is when he says, Blessed are you. Of course, Christ also pronounces blessings where there seem to be only curses in the world. Jesus also said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. Jesus pronounced blessings on the poor, the hungry, those weeping, and those hated. Where the world despises, God does something different. When the mortal economies of our earthly realm leave people poor and destitute, God promises the poorest among us an infinite inheritance that cannot be matched. When scarcity across the globe leaves people malnourished, God promises to make them whole. When people know only weeping and sorrow, God promises joy we cannot yet imagine. When people are hated for speaking truth like the Lord's prophets of old were, God also promises great reward in the face of maltreatment that they endured in their earthly lives. Where the world blesses, God warns of woes. Yet, where the world despises, Jesus calls the people to imagine the wonders that God has in store. The good news from this passage comes in a few forms. First off, we do not need to create some sort of Lake Wobegon setting where everyone always seems safe and secure, and the only problems we encounter seem nuanced and nonsensical. God promises to make things right, no matter how much we fall, uh, no matter where we fall on the spectrums of blessing and woe that Jesus lays out. Sure, we should strive to do well in our lives and make things good for others. Still, God does not expect us to generate our own paradises. He promises them to us in spite of what we seem to have earned or even deserve. Additionally, it is safe to assume that most of us find ourselves on either side of the blessings and woes spectrum at one point or another. I, for one, know that I have had times of great comfort and joy in my life. I have also experienced times of great suffering and mourning. Yet God is God over all of these moments. We should not be comfortable because of our place in the world. Instead, we should find comfort that God reigns over all the experiences in our lives. Where there are great social evils, God will bring good. Where there is great despair and suffering, God will bring joy and wholeness. Where there is great hatred and prejudice, especially against messengers of God's truth, our Lord has great rewards of redemption and reconciliation in store. 
May we trust in all that God has prepared. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.